You are listening to the Enterprise Ireland Evolve UK podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Evolve UK podcast. I'm your host for today's episode, Kevin Fenley, and I'm delighted to be joined by my colleague and market advisor for financial services, Jack Finucan Clark. How are you today, Jack? I'm great, Kev. Delighted to be here. Great stuff. Today's episode is part of our Meet the Team series of podcasts where we bring in one of our market advisors so you, the listener, can get to know them, their work, and the Irish capability in the sector. We start off these episodes with a quick fire round of questions to get to know our guest a bit better beyond their work in AI. We might start by asking you, Jack, to give a quick introduction to yourself, where you are from, your role, and how long you've been with us at AI. Sure thing. Um, so I'm originally from Kildare, uh, Punchestown to be specific. And I have lived in the UK since 2011. Um, I was working out in South Africa in the Eastern Cape, uh, working with a charity where we were building schools in kind of um, rural, very rural parts of of the Eastern Cape. Um, And I came back to Dublin early 2011 and I was working in in, uh, a chartered accountant and there wasn't a good sort of atmosphere around Dublin at the time. It was the height of the recession and um, a lot of doom and gloom. And so I thought, why not give London a go? It was close enough to home that I could always come back if it didn't work out. So um, I moved over in October 2011 and I've been over here ever since. So, yeah, so I've been with Enterprise Ireland for two years now. Uh, before that, I worked with a company called Euromoney Institutional Investor, um, and I was working specifically on um, financial conferences, financial media and financial conferences, which, uh, you know, isn't exactly rock and roll for most people, but uh, I loved it, I have to say. I got to travel the world with this, and I actually kind of cut my eye teeth in terms of learning about um, financial services and the various different kind of subsectors, which... I think it's kind of set me up in, in, a, in a good way now for, for the work I'm doing today. Right. Um, as you say, you're a transplant to the UK, similar to myself, and we like to ask all our guests what their favourite place in the UK is. Maybe we might stretch beyond the Thames and London on this question, Jack, if you don't mind. That's a bit of a tricky one. So I lived, uh, so I now live out in, in Hampshire, kind of 40 miles outside London, and uh, it's very, very different. I lived in... Southwest London all the time I was there, so um, Stockwell, Clapham and Ballam. But my favourite place in the UK, is, that's a tough question. I've spent some, some good times down in Devon, I have to say. Uh, so a few years ago, um, a big group of, of the Irish lot used to, to rent a kind of a manor house down in, in Devon for a weekend and go down and we'd go surfing and... Um, barbecuing and quite a bit of drinking and merriment and all that sort of good stuff and yeah I really liked that part of the country I have to say and when, when you get outside of London there, there's actually there's some great spots around the UK that uh, I certainly didn't really know about um, until I moved over here absolutely and, an honorable and I have to say an honorable mention for Cheltenham I've gone every year bar this year because of COVID uh, I've gone up to Cheltenham for the races every year and around that neck of the woods, Cheltenham and Gloucester, uh, it's a lovely part of the country and really, really nice people as well. 
there, there tends to be a team to the places you mentioned so far. I think merriment was the term you used. But yeah, yeah, that was quite a quite a nice way of putting it. I thought. That's it. That's it. Um, given that we're both on the mic here, what was the last podcast you listened to? Apart from being glued to the Enterprise Ireland podcasts, which are fantastic and very informative, uh, I'm listening to a great one at the moment, which is called Whistleblower, and it's about how the referees or some of the referees in the NBA were on the payroll for the Mafia. And in, in, in recent times as well, like you kind of expect that sort of stuff maybe to be before your time. But the, we're talking fairly, fairly recent stuff. So um, that's a podcast that I'm absolutely glued to um, probably listen to an episode a day at this at this rate. Sounds like a good one. Um, to continue the quick fire questions, what is your favorite pastime outside of merriment, horse racing and podcasting when you're not working for EA? Uh, well, I've just become a dad, so um, pastimes have gone out the window. It's basically uh, all shoulders to the wheel, and yeah, spending time with my with my daughter is is now my favourite pastime. I think that's as good as any. And lastly, on the quick fire questions that are not that quick, we'll finish up with the Connor Stone question, as it will forever be known. What is the, your quote that represents your mindset in life? Uh, okay, so as a as a young fella, um, I used to like the Latin phrase "illegitimi non carborundum," um, which means "don't let the bad get you down." But I think as I got older, the Alex Ferguson quote of "you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take," I think is a good one in professional life and in personal life. I think um, you know you can always doubt yourself, or if you're doing the right thing, and that's a good that's a good phrase for kind of helping you straighten up your back and puffing out your chest and and just giving it a good go absolutely and as someone sitting here in manchester you can never go far around with sir alex ferguson exactly we could use him now that's it that's it hopefully the listener has a better idea about who you are when you're not on the clock but now i'd like to take a bit of a deeper look into your role and your work in the financial services sector i think a good place to start will be with the client capability in ireland can you give the listener an idea of what type of company you work with and the capability in particular coming out of Ireland? Yeah, so we are actually in a very, very strong position from financial services and fintech point of view. The the industry, uh, I mean, financial services is very broad, so that would include, you know, banking, retail banking, wholesale banking, um, commercial banking, insurance, wealth and asset management, pensions, um, and and various it, it can sort of pop up in various other guises payments and e-commerce is, is a big one ireland is actually in a great position these days because the confluence of having multinational tech firms based in dublin and having a, a reasonably strong um proficiency in financial services through things like having the ifsc uh, in dublin coupled with a, a really really good um, base level of education for the workforce means that a lot of the techs, the fintech companies that are coming out of Ireland um, are are really at the co-face of, of where the industry is going. Um, if you, you don't have to go back too far to where it's sort of um, what we call DCC, direct currency conversion, um, was it was a new thing, and actually the the there were Irish companies who were pioneers of that technology. Uh, so 
Ireland Inc. has a good reputation internationally for payments and certainly Enterprise Ireland has backed um, a number of payments companies that are doing really, really well. So the likes of Fexco, the likes of Monex and, um, you know, to, to a slightly lesser extent, um, companies like Myfinity, uh, who are sort of digital e-wallets, um, that, that's a company where you can actually trade Chinese currency now, one of the first in the world to be able to do that. And last year, there was another client from the portfolio, which is prepaid financial, uh, which is basically just prepaid um, debit cards. Uh, that company sold, I think. It's actually a great story. The, the, the entrepreneur who set that company up had lost his job, I believe, in 2011 and was sitting around the kitchen table uh, with his family, kind of figuring out what he was going to do. And he, he got onto Enterprise Ireland and he got... Um, a feasibility grant initially just to see if it was a business that could work quickly discovered that it was and it was actually something that was in really high demand and then you know fast forward 11 years later and they sold the company for 330 million I think it was last year uh, which is an amazing story particularly if you were the entrepreneur involved but um, I guess it just kind of shows the capability when Enterprise Ireland does back um, one of these kind of fintech companies um, that the sky's the limit where, where they can go with it. Uh, so that's probably a bit of a long-winded way uh, of answering your question. Um, what the portfolio looks like at the moment, you know, we have payments companies that are doing really well. We are uh, certainly leading uh, the way in, in terms of the development of compliance and regulation technology, uh, reg tech. We have a very, very strong insure tech cluster. We have companies that sell into wealth and asset management. We have straight up financial services companies like insurance companies and that. Um, we have some invoice discounting companies that use, you know, cool and interesting technologies to create platforms where, where companies can get access to working capital quicker. Uh, and these companies are growing. So the portfolio is really, really growing at the moment. Two years ago, um, we got we had 11 percent growth in the sector in the UK last year that actually increased despite Brexit to 17% growth uh, obviously COVID will will stifle that trajectory but it's good to know that the adoption was there prior to that and that the confidence in, from the marketplace in these tech companies is there so uh, the portfolio is really really strong it's a really exciting space to be in I mean from 2018 I believe Enterprise Ireland was the second largest investor globally um, in fintech by DealFlow. Um, only Y Combinator is more. And uh, I've actually spoken to the guys in Y Combinator uh, at length because we were designing um, accelerator programs and mentorship programs to try and really fast track some of these better companies um, to the to the stratosphere as quickly as we possibly could. And the guys in Y Combinator saw what we were doing and, and you know, we swapped notes. And I think that there was kind of a mutual appreciation for the fact that we're making long term plays. You know, Enterprise Ireland is really making long term strategic investments with this sort of stuff. Yes, some companies will get sold along the way and they might flip over into an IDA portfolio or, you know, go go separate from the Enterprise Ireland world. But um if you think that our skin in the game is we want high skill jobs in Ireland in financial services, we want to retain the talent 
uh, in technology that having these massive tech companies brings. Uh, and we want to get to a stage where Ireland is synonymous with with really sort of top quality tech companies. And I think we're 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 definitely on the right road with that. And um, the growth in fintech is a testament to that fact. It doesn't take very long when you're picking up the phone to to buyers in the UK or, or existing clients of of some of our client companies um, and just how happy and impressed they are with with the level of solution that's coming out of Ireland. So it's for me personally, it's a, it's a great time to be involved because it's really, really exciting. Um, the world seems to be moving towards a more digitized, uh, integrated um, financial system. Um, and we're seeing things come out of financial services that, you know, 30 years ago, you wouldn't have dreamt that you would have seen. So, you know, the the reach to the unbanked, the reach of, um, say, remittances payments. Uh, there's a, there's a, an Irish company called Pippet, for example, um, who make it possible for expats and emigrants to, you know, pay their mother's utility bills in, you know, some third world country on the other side of the planet. It's pretty cool when you when you sit back, you know, there's another comp Irish company called AidTech and these guys are using DLT. So like blockchain technology to try and minimize the inefficiencies in the distribution of international aid. Uh, and you just think that that's just even on the paper, you know, that just sounds like such a great idea and such a great cause. And probably 30 years ago would have been pie in the sky sort of stuff and something reserved maybe for uh you know the couches in the hist in trinity or various wherever other kind of hippies around ireland would have gathered but uh we're living in a time when these things are possible and and irish companies are making it happen absolutely absolutely i think it's just such an exciting area even as an outsider where, where we might interface with it purely on a monzo or revolute level and then beyond that you have a whole world there from reg tech to insure tech to we say a tech that you just mentioned there that it's just so exciting and it, there's a reason it gets the coverage it does because even right across the board people are interested in it it's something you touched on there was the scale uk program and we'd say the conversation you had with y combinator i think that might be a good segue into how you help these clients so as you mentioned there, there's a number of those your fexcos your finergos quite big companies right mm. through those small smaller companies or hbsus as we call them in enterprise Ireland language how do you support those and what are the different initiatives you put in place to help those companies in the uk you have to be realistic. So there's probably 150, 160 companies in, in the financial services and fintech portfolio. It's going to be very difficult to have meaningful interaction with all of those all the time. So you have to come up with ways um, to either kind of cluster groups of companies together or find ways where your your guidance or your assistance to to one can actually be transposed to, to the many as well. So, um, you know, we do a lot of one on one work, particularly with the bigger clients that you mentioned, the Fexcos and Fernergos of this world. And then for the early stage HPSU companies, one of the things that I've been working on uh, was to resurrect what what uh, was a, an old program that one of my predecessors, um, Judy Blackmore, set up, which was called City Insights. and. Uh, this was a program basically where we tried to use some of the really good um, HBSU companies, cluster them together and, and use the networks that we have. So the diaspora network and some of the business networks that we have where we would pair companies with, with mentors 
uh, and then we would set them various different goals to try and, and accelerate their, their scale up potential in the UK. So um, when I joined first, we took, I believe it was 10 companies initially, um, and that was predominantly financial services companies, but some digital tech uh, companies and a couple of HR tech companies, I believe. We, it was kind of a learning by doing in, in, in the first phase. It was very much the, the lean business model where we try something and, and we would immediately go for feedback and see if it worked. And, and if it did, we would do more of it. And if it didn't, we would try and change it. So, you know, some of the companies that have gone through the program have gone on to, to dizzying heights and, and are now uh, well established in the market, which is always very satisfying uh, when you see companies getting contracts, particularly off introductions that you've made directly on the program or um, the, an introduction that might have come through one of the mentors that we used. Um, and then we've we've evolved it. So as you rightly say, it's now called Scale UK. Uh, we are so Scale UK was aimed at slightly more developed con uh, companies, I would say. So initially, we're we're talking very early stage HPSUs. Some of them would be pre-revenue. Last year's cohort, bar one company, I think everyone um, had a contract in the UK prior to beginning. Um, and we really tried to put the emphasis, so we reduced the number of mentors that they had and really tried to put the emphasis on the workshops that we were doing. So we did specialized, you know, um, digital tech sales webinars. Um, we got, we partnered with PwC and we got them to give, you know, sort of investment landscape discussions and, and to try and open up the, the network of clients that they work with so that some of these companies can get in there, they can show what they're all about and and hopefully start getting, you know, some some contracts coming through off the back end of it. Um, and we will go again. I think we'll go again next year. Um, I like the trajectory that we're on, but I think we'll go back maybe to using some more mentors because it's the richness of the of the program and, and actually the the true value of the program is in the quality of the mentor that you have. Um, and we've been so, so lucky that a lot of the Irish diaspora who are quite senior in financial services have been so generous with their time and their efforts and their energies. And it's created a lot of goodwill. And, and you know, now what I'm hoping, you know, for my tenure, you think of your legacy in these things. What I would like is um, that some of the companies who were mentored uh, and who did well off the back of it would then come back, the CEOs would come back and they would be mentors to the next batch of companies. And so we get this kind of growth from within happening where companies are helping each other all the time and then it can kind of develop uh, that way. That's what I would like. Absolutely. Just just looking at the, at the program, we'd say a small bit more in depth. How does that mentor client relationship work in the program? And what are those workshops you touched on earlier? What do they consist of? The pairing of the mentors with the companies is a, is a crucial stage and um, the way we did it. OK, so there's no there's no right and wrong really with this. The way we did it was we got the companies to send through like a business model canvas where they were thinking strategically about the, the state of play of the company at that moment in time. And then we would get them in to do like a five minute pitch almost. And all the mentors or, or most of the mentors would be in the room and they would have a scorecard on each company and they would be making notes and they'd be thinking about how they might be able what they first of all, what they think the company needs and then how they might be able to help. And um, 
myself and and some of my colleagues who helped me out um, on the program would go through all the feedback and start trying to match companies up with mentors. So um, sometimes we got it right, sometimes we got it wrong. More often than not, we got it right. And so how does it work? So they'll do introductory sessions where they'll talk about, you know, where they feel the company needs help. Uh, and and we, i.e. Enterprise Ireland, um, definitely try to be a part of those discussions because we really want to make the program as worthwhile for the company as possible. You want to give them uh, every strategic advantage you possibly can um, and where they're weak, help them. Um, so that can be anything from you know, what's your value proposition? Is it is it tailor-made for the UK market or are you still working off a, a model that works for the Irish market? Um, what's the composition of your board? Do you have, you know, an opco-propco um, situation or do you have, uh, are you trying to do everything from Ireland and you don't have anyone present in the UK? Do you want to set up uh, a subsidiary or a branch? Uh, what are the tax implications of that? You know, how are you going about business development? That's a big one. And, you know, very often when companies come on these things, they think it's going to be all about business development. And, you know, I'm going to get a mentor who works for, you know, insert bank here, HSBC, Barclays, NatWest, whoever you think it might be. And they're going to open up their black book of contacts. And, you know, I'm going to get contracts flying at me left, right and center. Well, it, it doesn't actually work like that because, you know, very often the companies aren't actually prepared for this market. Um, the types of companies that we pick are, are, as I say, are kind of earlier stage. The CEOs or the founders are running around trying to do everything um, because the teams aren't big enough yet. And so naturally you're not you're not going to be in market you know, burning the rubber off your off the soles of your shoes, going around Canary Wharf or going around the city of London or up to Birmingham or Edinburgh if it's wealth and asset management and going to all these places uh, and, you know, meeting people. And, and fundamentally, that's what you have to do. You know, the amount of times that a business op- business development opportunity might come up where, you know, you've tried to get in contact with someone and then they will reach out to you and say, can I meet you tomorrow or can I meet you in two days time? If you're not, if you're in Ireland, you can't really do that. Um, so there's a bit of a mindset shift that has to happen there. And 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 the value proposition part of it is very important because if you look at it from a mentor's perspective, they're not just going to open up you know, their book of contacts and start firing off emails and, and introducing you to companies who don't really know what the value of their proposition is. And um, because, you know, you burn your bridges that way. You, that's not how you build up a successful professional network. So so there's a lot of kind of groundwork that goes in in the beginning of the relationship. And and um, that can very often be like a, a come to Jesus moment where people kind of realize, OK, I'm, I'm not ready for this market yet. You know, and there's a lot of stuff that I have to do. And then we so that can get quite heavy. And, um, you know, oftentimes people are kind of harumphing and and grunting and saying that they don't really like their mentor or the mentor doesn't really like the company and then you know next thing it's three weeks later you've worked it through and everybody's feeling a little bit better about the whole situation uh, so then what we try to do is we'll then mix it up we being enterprise iron will then mix it up 
with uh, a number of workshops, right? So you look at the types of companies that you have and you figure out, are there common themes running through you know, the needs of these companies. And very often there are there are similar trends, you know. So things like channel partnerships. So we work with a, a, a tremendous consultant called Caroline Egan, uh, who does a channel partnerships workshop once or twice a year with us, where you she really kind of teaches a company how to evaluate um, who their channel partners are, that route to market, which is really, really important, particularly in the, in the financial services and tech world. Um, you need to you need to pick your partners very very carefully. Last year I did one on mental health and on and entrepreneurship because I think it's something that isn't actually talked about very often. The stresses that you know founder CEOs go through and 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 founders in general you know you, you don't have time to kind of focus on yourself and think about you know what what this is doing to your mind. What else have we done? We do a lot of sales stuff, so you know how to build your pipeline. We we actually got a great guy for this year's cohort called Andy Honus, um, who went through the kind of so what of sales, you know, um, and and why companies should buy from you as opposed to somebody else. That was a really really good session. Um, we do stuff on digital marketing. We do stuff. We you know we'll, we'll pick out basically the broad themes that. We think, okay, three or four companies out of the cohort need this, so let's put on a workshop. Let it invite everybody, and hopefully those three or four companies will be in a position to attend, and hopefully it's valuable for them. So that's kind of that will bring you up to sort of the halfway point, maybe two thirds through the program. So then you're kind of hoping that the companies that are going through it will have, you know, really finely tuned their value proposition. They know their route to market strategy. They're present in market as much as possible, or they've hired somebody in the market, and then the mentors kind of kick in and, and they do start, you know, making those introductions. And they we'll have a lot. We again, enterprise. I keep saying we, enterprise Ireland will host mentor meetings where we're firing ideas out at the mentors and going, you know, such and such said they wanted to sell into, I don't know. Um, BT, for yeah. example, and then we'll kind of tease that out. And, you know, John might know someone in BT, Mary might know someone in Vodafone. And next thing you know, you're starting to think, actually, we could make a few connections here. And and so the last phase of the program is very much the the money shot, if you will. You know, you're trying to, to kick down as many doors as you possibly can. Um, and then under normal circumstances, we would host a big event at the end where the companies will present hopefully in a in a much more cohesive and understanding way than than the first one and we'll we'll bring buyers and investors along to that session um and we'll praise the mentors and we thank the mentors and you know it's generally got a real feel good um vibe to it um and it's been successful so far you know uh, the the cool thing is the mentors always come back and and i think that if the mentors were fed up of it then that would probably be a sign that we weren't doing a good job but the mentors keep coming back you know we keep getting great companies the pipeline of companies is amazing and then what i found this year was a lot of the buying organizations are coming back because they're getting a first glance at you know really sharp tech that's coming out that's um almost sort of tempered by the by the mentors that we have who they trust 
Um, so they trust that a mentor isn't going to send them over a company that isn't enterprise ready, for example. And so we're, we've we've developed a bit of a community around it again, and um, I think that will be the life the life of it. You know, if if that community can keep on going, then it'll be only for the benefit of Irish companies going forward. Absolutely. Oh, I ask you so much about it is I think it's just such an interesting program and such a shining example of what we can do in Enterprise Ireland. And some of the feedback you've got from, we'd say, the successful companies, right through to the Y Combinators and really, really, we'd say, influential stakeholders in the sector just sums up the value of the program. And I think I might ask the last question now of today. I'll leave you go after that. Um, have you any initiatives you'd like to plug at the moment? I know you were saying to me previously that InsureTech is a particular focus at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So we're working on a number of things sort of organizationally at the moment. We are focused particularly on sort of reg tech payments and, and now very much insure tech. And I will put my cards on the table. I was not an expert in the insurance world. Insurance and reinsurance was kind of that other part of financial services that I had never really worked on. And so started trying to educate myself maybe at the back end of last year because I saw a lot of companies in the portfolio that had listed insurance as either a sector that they were targeting or, um, you know, they were in, in some cases insurance companies. And I thought that, you know, the, it was my responsibility to my responsibility to really understand, you know, what, what they were all about. And as I did more digging and, and looking into the companies and the capabilities that they had, I was actually blown away um, by, I think this is kind of the sleeping giant of the portfolio, if I'm honest. Um, so in two, so two years ago, the insurance cluster as it is today experienced 34% growth, and that didn't really get any get any chat, I suppose, because it wasn't a defined cluster. You know, some companies were reg tech companies who were selling to other industries as well. Some companies were payments companies who were selling to other industries as well. Um, but when you kind of pull it all together and you say, okay, here's a group of 27 to 30 companies that are actively targeting the insurance industry and have solutions all the way from you know, from the very start of the customer journey um, in terms of communications like Solgari through to, you know, middle office and back office and real deep tech um, solutions like, you know, companies like Describe Data who are able to do amazing things with AI to pull in disparate data sets to help you with your risk pricing. Um, and and just the sort of the, the really high standard, I suppose, of companies that were there. So started trying to target the UK in a more organized and, and coordinated way. And then one thing led to another and, and was able to get a bit of support from from EIHQ, which was tremendous. And, and through that support, we, we've established insurance now as, as an EMOS sector. So that's a, one where we're, we're really focused on end market sector. Um, you know where are the opportunities in the industry? What is the what is the industry saying about tech and digitization? What 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 is the direction of travel of the industry? Um, and it's just one of those really kind of fortunate moments in in uh, in this process and in, I suppose in my career where um, the insurance sector is undergoing seismic change in terms of digitization and the adoption of tech. 
Um, there's all sorts of things happening in terms of market consolidation. And in the last few years, there's been a lot of mergers and acquisitions in the sector. So, you know, with that, then you, you know, once two companies merge, someone has the job of integrating the data sets that they use or integrating the um, technology that they use to, to um, run the business. Um, and because those are being addressed now, it's a really good time to look at it. So we, as I said, there's a cluster of about 27 to 30 companies there from early enough stage to very, very large insurance companies like Excess Direct um, and, and everything in between, really. Um, so we've done a lot of work. We, we, we got a report commissioned, um, which we sent out to the clients and prospective clients um, that we thought might be interested in the cluster. Um, we're working on developing um, a cohesive marketing strategy so that we can position these Irish companies really, really well. We're working with market experts in market to identify opportunities um, and open the door, kind of pick up the phone and, and you know, directly introduce some of our client companies to, to big buyers who have you know, um, business needs right this very moment. So um, the work we're doing is live. Um, it's 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 very much kind of update week by week. Uh, it's really, really exciting. I'm obviously focused on the UK. The initiative itself is, is broader than the UK. So we're going to be looking at USA and Canada. Uh, we're going to be looking at Australia. And in the fullness of time, uh, we're, we're also going to look at Germany. And between those markets, We'll basically have boxed off about eighty percent of the of the biggest insurance markets in the world. So um, when the dust settles on it, and I don't know when that will be, because I think this is going to be a long road. I'm hopeful that we will have put Irish insuretech on the map in a very meaningful way. Um, you know, we already have a few giants of the industry. That's that's the thing. You know, companies like Finios and Claim Vantage have been around for donkey's years. And um, in certain markets, you know, they are the solution of choice from the industry, uh, particularly in the case of Phineas. You know, they've done tremendous work um, in North America and, and now um, kind of a concerted effort in, in APAC. So it's not like we're we're trying to draw blood from a stone here. We've got we actually have great materials to be working with. Uh, and I really see the, the work that we do at the moment as making sure that we get as many eyeballs on these companies as possible uh, and that we can create as many opportunities for them as possible so that, you know, that the expertise in those jobs stays in Ireland, stays in Irish companies. And, you know, we continue to grow that way. Uh, and that's that, that's what we're working on at the moment. So, yeah, maybe we, we might do another one of these in a year's time. And hopefully I can tell you that, you know, we've had great success in it. Uh, but I am quite positive about it. I think it's a good time to be involved in InsureTech and talking about InsureTech. Uh, and I haven't actually met anybody um, in the market here in the UK or spoken to anybody anywhere, in fact, uh, who hasn't been quite positive about the future for, for these types of companies. So, uh, yeah, it's a good time to be to be looking at it. Absolutely. Exciting stuff. And stay tuned, I suppose, to LinkedIn, uh, Enterprise Earn social channels as well for the latest on, on, on your work in, in that sector. And I think that ought to do it for today's episode. Thanks very much for your time, Jack. You're a busy man between your work across financial services and your latest hobby arriving on the scene. <laughs> Thanks very much for your time. Be sure to follow Enterprise Ireland on LinkedIn, as I said earlier, and subscribe to the podcast for the latest insights from the UK market every week. Thanks very much. And we'll see you next week.
Thank you for listening to Enterprise Ireland's Evolve UK podcast. For more information on Enterprise Ireland and our clients, please visit our website, follow us on LinkedIn, or subscribe to this podcast on your favourite podcast streaming platform.